Shalom, brothers and sisters. Shalom. We have a detailed lesson prepared for the brothers and sisters worldwide. Today's lesson will be will be called Kingdom Conversations. Brothers and sisters, rulership is at the door. Our dominion is at the door. There's regime change on the horizon, brothers and sisters. There's an invisible war for rulership. There's a battle going on in the invisible, brothers and sisters, in response to our awakening. The nations, the Gentiles, would come against us and look to depopulate us, brothers and sisters. And we're going to talk about it a little bit today. There's something we should look forward to, brothers and sisters, that should help us um, continue to stay on the straight and narrow path, brothers and sisters. Originally, when you find out you're Israel... That's a stimulus package. That's right away. Now you can run full speed. That stimulus, that stimulated your mind to study. But that runs out after a while, brothers and sisters. And you need something else to relight that fire so you can keep that fire and continue to make it into the end. Because he who make it into the end shall be saved, brothers and sisters. So we're going to go into what the big picture is. We must keep our eye on the big picture. A lot of times we get caught up in the culture and, you know, the Sabbath and the holy days. and All of that's good, brothers and sisters. The schoolmaster is good, but there's a bigger picture. There's a reason why we're doing this, brothers and sisters. We're doing this for a reason. We're going to go to Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 1. <clears throat> Brother Corey, we're going to Jeremiah chapter 30. Uh, we're going to read verse 1. Jeremiah 30, verse 1. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord God of Israel, saying, Write thee all the words that I have spoken unto thee in a book. That's why we promote reading the Bible, brothers and sisters. This is the book that he wrote. Uh, these particular, um, <clears throat> This particular structure, these particular rules, uh, this foundation is written in a book. It's called the Bible, brothers and sisters. Verse 3, For lo, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will bring again the captivity of my people Israel and Judah. He will bring again the captivity of the children of Israel, which is the southern kingdom is Judah, the northern kingdom is Israel, brothers and sisters. Bring again the captivity, which means bring into your mind the remembrance of why we're in the condition, how we got in the condition, how happeneth. To Israel, brothers and sisters, it means to cease to make the captivity stop, because once you have the information, the captivity, at least the the mental captivity is come to an end, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse three, for lo, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will bring again the captivity of my people, Israel and Judah, saith the Lord, and I will cause them to return to the land that I gave their fathers. And they shall possess it. So, brothers and sisters, the nations are afraid because as a people, we have become their golden ticket, brothers and sisters. We have become their golden ticket as as consumers. Now that we have awakened, it, we are not um, we're, we're not useless spenders anymore, brothers and sisters. There's certain places that we're not going to go and we're not going to frequent and we're not going to spend our money certain places on certain things. And now. We're, we're not a person who's just a walking dollar bill. We're, you know, we have no morals or values. We'll spend money here. We'll spend it there. We'll spend it on this. Now we have a little bit more control, brothers and sisters. But what? There's another battle. There's another battle, brothers and sisters. The battle to keep you ignorant of who you are. You won that battle. You have that battle. 
There's something greater. There's another battle, brothers and sisters, in the invisible, and we're going to go into it today. The Bible tells you that we would possess the land again, brothers and sisters. And for that reason, the nations will look to come against us. Because they know that once you wake up to know who you are, the next thing is, okay, where's my land at? And they know this, brothers and sisters. So now you have become public enemy number one. Verse 4. And these are the words that the Lord spake concerning Israel and concerning Judah. For thus saith the Lord, we have heard a voice of trembling, of fear, and not of peace. Ask ye now and see whether a man doeth travail with child. Read verse 5 one more time, brother. Verse 5. For thus saith the Lord, we have heard a voice of trembling, of fear, and not of peace. Right. So now that we have awakened, brothers and sisters, we have we have come to the realization that we have we are living in a constant oppression, a perpetual oppression, brothers and sisters, because of what the other nations are are oppressing us. Because we have now come to the understanding of who we are. So now they're going to look to engage us, brothers and sisters. That's the next step. They're going to look to engage us physically, brothers and sisters. First. They must vilify us. So they'll show us in the media in a negative fashion, brothers and sisters. Because they need the world to believe that, you know, we're just a racist cult. uh, We're black supremacists. They need this. So once they finally come against us, they already have the, you know, the backing of the American people. Or not just the American people, but the people to rally against a, a, a terrorist. They call it domestic terrorism. They are going to call us domestic terrorists, brothers and sisters. That's what it's working to. In the media, when they do show us Israelites in the media, it's something negative, brothers and sisters. They're doing that purposely. They're trying to tie us to negativity. They want to vilify us. There's a reason for it. Because we're looking to return home to our land, brothers and sisters. Uh, Can you read verse 6, brother? Verse 6. Ask ye now and see whether a man doeth travail with child. Wherefore do I see every man with his hands on his loins, as a woman in travail, and all faces are turned into paleness. Right, so brothers and sisters, the Bible equates this to a woman in childbirth, brothers and sisters, uh, during childbirth. As the pains get increasingly stronger, the deliverance is closer, brothers and sisters. So we're going to go into a time like I've never been on earth, brothers and sisters. This is what the Bible called Jacob's trouble. So first they're going to vilify us. They're going to criminalize us, brothers and sisters. Because why? They must demonize you before engagement, brothers and sisters. Remember with ISIS? First they demonized ISIS. And then what happened? Then they sent the bombs. So first they must demonize us, which is it's going on now. And then they're going to engage us, brothers and sisters. Uh, continue, brother, please. Verse 7. Alas, for that day is great. So that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble. Read that part again. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble. But he shall be saved out of it. Jacob's trouble, brothers and sisters. Right before our deliverance, we will experience the greatest trouble in history, brothers and sisters. Jacob's trouble is also known as the New World Order. They call it the New World Order in in society. But Jacob's trouble is indicative of who it's against. It's, it's, It's against Jacob. It's against Israel. These, the, what's transpiring, brothers and sisters, is aimed towards the children of Israel. Now, of course, other nations are going to get caught up too, because some people are going to fall by the way, but you know, they're going to fall by the side. 
But the, the majority of these agendas of what's going on will be aimed at these people. And it's a reason why the Most High said he would bring the captivity to our remembrance, brothers and sisters. And that's where we're at. We want to remember that. We want to remember where we came from so we can know where we're going, brothers and sisters. We must know the history in order to know the future prophecy. So we're going to touch on both today, brothers and sisters. We're going to verse 8. Verse 8. For it shall come to pass in that day, said the Lord of hosts, that I will break his yoke from off thy neck and will burst thy bonds and strangers shall no more serve themselves of him. See, the yoke has begun to be broken, brothers and sisters. Why? Because we're not shopping with the Gentiles the way we used to, brothers and sisters. We're not going into certain stores, those stores like I, I can't remember the time last time I went into an Arab store, brothers and sisters. So we've waking up now to say, listen, if you, you're doing something wrong in our community, I won't come against you physically. We'll just not spend money at your particular establishment and you'll dry up and you'll have to move out. That's how now we have that control, brothers and sisters. We understand how powerful the the color the well, you know, the people of colors dollar bill is. Nobody spend more money in the earth than the children of Israel, brothers and sisters. Nobody. We are the biggest consumers, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 9. But they shall serve, uh, excuse me, verse 8. For it shall come to pass in that day, said the Lord of hosts, that I will break his yoke from off thy neck and will burst thy bonds and strangers shall no more serve themselves of him. Strangers will no more serve themselves of us, brothers and sisters, because why? They have made our captivity lucrative. They make money off it. They benefit financially, brothers and sisters. Because why? We have no knowledge of who we are. So they can sell us African stuff and Costa Rican stuff, Mexican stuff, right? They can sell us all of these things and we're just, we're by their pork, we're by their crab, their shrimp, their lobster. We'll buy all of that, brothers and sisters. Now we're waking up. They're losing control. They're losing money, brothers and sisters. Servitude, captivity, is profitable, brothers and sisters. And now that you have awakened, they're going to look to engage you, brothers and sisters. They're going to look to demonize and vilify us. Then they're going to look to engage you, brothers and sisters. Uh, continue, brother, please. Verse 9. But they shall serve the Lord their God, and David their king, whom I will raise up unto them. Right. We will serve the Most High, and David their king, which is Christ. Because why? Christ was the son of David. Will he will be raised up. So Christ will deliver us or restore us back into the land. That's what we're looking forward to, brothers and sisters. We're looking forward to actually having our land back, brothers and sisters. Our people don't know what it means to have a land. When you have a land, that means you make the laws. You make the rules, brothers and sisters. If you say no taxes, then there's no taxes, right? If you say things are closed on a Sabbath, then that's the way they are, brothers and sisters. So we would be, you know, in control of our own destiny. If we had that, we would have our own army. We would be protected. So this is what we're looking forward to. And that's the reason why they wanted to make sure you never found out that you were the children of Israel. Because then you would look to that promised land that was given to our forefather, Abraham. And there's a battle going on in the invisible for that very land. The Palestinians are fighting over it. The Jewish Edomites are fighting over it. Everybody's fighting over that land, brothers and sisters, because they know the power, the responsibility that come with that land, brothers and sisters. And we're going to talk about it today. Uh, which scripture did you leave off on, brother? I just finished nine. Verse nine. Okay. Can we go to verse 10, brother? Verse 10. Therefore, fear thou not, O my servant Jacob, saith the Lord, 
Neither be dismayed, O Israel, for lo, I will save thee from afar, and thy seed from the land of their captivity. And Jacob shall return, and shall be in rest, and be quiet, and none shall make him afraid. So this prophecy that we will get our land back, brothers and sisters, we will not be oppressed. We will be the lenders. We will be the merchants. We will never borrow. We will only. We will always loan. We'll be the loan sharks, <laughs> in a sense. And I don't hate to use that term, but we'll be the lenders, brothers and sisters. They will be getting loans from us. No more we need to go to them to get a loan, a payday loan. No more of that. Once you t- get that land, now you're in control of the resources, the world's resources, brothers and sisters, and the fi- the money. The economy runs through Israel, brothers and sisters. Uh, we're gonna go. We're gonna read verse ten one more time. Actually, verse ten. Therefore, fear thou not, O my servant Jacob, said the Lord. Neither be dismayed, O Israel, for the, for lo, I will save thee from afar, and thy seed from the land of their captivity. And Jacob shall return, and shall be in rest, and be quiet, and none shall make him afraid. And none shall make us afraid. Once we're planted back in that land, nobody's going to come against us, because the Most High going to protect us and make sure that nobody don't come against us, brothers and sisters. When we go back into that land, we won't have to worry about somebody trying to come uh, run us up out of there like they did in 70 AD. We'll be protected, brothers and sisters. Uh, Continue, brother. Verse 11. For I am with thee, said the Lord, to save thee. Though I make a full end of all nations, whither I have scattered thee, yet will I not make a full end of thee. But I will correct thee in measure and will not leave thee altogether unpunished. Right. So, brothers and sisters, the nations where we are scattered will be punished, brothers and sisters. They will be punished. And the Most High said he wouldn't make a full end of us, even though we were sinners and he scattered us. There would be a remnant, brothers and sisters. All all Israelites are not going to make it into the kingdom. Brothers and sisters, and you're going to find out why. It's very imperative that you understand the protocols, the rules and regulations when you step foot into that promised land, brothers and sisters. There's a certain way that you must act. There's a certain way you must treat people. There's certain behaviors that must emanate out of Jerusalem if we're there, brothers and sisters. We're going to, we're going to deal with it today. Uh, read verse 12 and 13, brother. Verse 12. For thus saith the Lord. Thy bruise is incurable, and thy wound is grievous. There is none to plead thy cause, that thou mayest be bound up. Thou hast no healing medicine. See, so our bruise, our bruise is incurable, brothers and sisters. We're being, we're being destroyed, brothers and sisters. It tells you, it says, there's none to plead thy cause, that thou mayest be bound up. Thou hast no healing medicine. So they've taken the natural herbs from us, brothers and sisters. This is captivity. We don't even have the power to heal ourselves anymore. Everything's GMO, brothers and sisters. Everything is synthetic, brothers and sisters. This is what the Bible is talking about. Uh, We're going to jump to read verse 14, actually, brother, please. Verse 14. All thy lovers have forgotten thee. They seek thee not. For I have wounded thee with with the wound of an enemy. Read that again. For I have wounded thee with the wound of an enemy. The most high wounded us, brothers and sisters. I wanted you guys to see this because a lot of times we we want to make the conversation about the white man. The white man did this. He's the devil. He, he did this to me. He did that to me. When the most high said, I oppressed you. I wounded you. So if I wounded you, I can fix you. It's not the white man, brothers and sisters. We don't, you know, you give the white man too much credit when you talk about how the white man oppressed you and did this and did that. Listen. 
Listen, the white man's not in a position to oppress me because I'm going to be ruling. In fact, we're ruling right now. It just it's in the invisible right now. It's in the invisible, but we are already ruling. That's why we're getting our mind together, brothers and sisters. We're getting our holy days together, our worships together. Because why? We're going to need all of that. We're going to have to rehearse the righteous acts before we go into the land of Israel, brothers and sisters. We're going to, we're going to show you. Jump to verse 3, brother. Read 3 again, please. Jeremiah 30, verse 3. For lo, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will bring again the captivity of my people Israel and Judah, saith the Lord. And I will cause them to return to the land that I gave to their fathers, and they shall possess it. Right, we shall possess that land, the promised land, brothers and sisters. He will bring the captivity of his people again, which means he will bring it to an end. He will bring it to our memory who we are. When we found out who we are, we would go look into the history of how we fell. I asked all the quote-unquote conscious community, those who believe in Egyptology and Africanism, how did we fall? They don't have that answer. They know we were great people in Egypt and all that, and we were. And Egypt was great because we were there. So we're not against Egypt, but how did we fall? If we were such a great people, how did we fall? And they always draw a blank there, brothers and sisters, because they don't have the answer. Because their only answer is in the Bible. That's how we fail, brothers and sisters. Read verse 3 one more time, Brother Corey. Verse 3. For lo, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will bring again the captivity of my people Israel and Judah, saith the Lord. And I will cause them to return to the land that I gave to their fathers. And they shall possess it. And for this reason, you have become the enemy, brothers and sisters. Now you have become the enemy. Because why? You're looking for something. You're looking for something greater than captivity to work your regular nine to five job. You're actually looking for something, brothers and sisters, that they know is tangible and it's real. And it can change this world upside down, brothers and sisters. If, it, if that land goes back to the proper people. The whole earth is going to change. We're going to show you that. Uh, we're going to Hebrews 11, verse 15 in the New Testament, brothers and sisters. Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to read verse 15. Hebrews 11 and 15. And truly, if they had been mindful of that, of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. See? If we were to think about the country or think about our heritage, who we are, we would have a chance to go back. The only reason we haven't gone back is because we didn't know we were the children of Israel, brothers and sisters. And that's why they want you to believe you're African, right? Even with the, the movie, the Black Panther movie, which was a great movie, and that shows you some semblance, but that's not even 10% of how it will be. But it's how it should be, brothers and sisters. But of course, they would... You know, I, the movie is a good movie. I like, you know, I like seeing people of color in a positive light. But there was psychology behind why they want us to gravitate towards Africa. Why would they want us to gravitate to something they've already conquered? See, and that's really what it is. They've already conquered that land. So, yeah, now you you take pride in what we've conquered. They did that on purpose, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 15. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country... From whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to re to have returned. See? So if we knew who we were, we would have had an opportunity to return. We didn't return, or we didn't look to return because we had no clue who we were. So we don't know where we came from. Now we know, we know we have a home. We don't like how the, the taxes is and, you know, how you can't travel. You got to have paperwork to travel. See, all of that will go out the window if you have your own land. 
You live your own resources, your own oil, your own fruits, your own produce. You don't have to deal with the outside world at all if you don't want to. And see, that's what we need, brothers and sisters. Because why? The Gentiles constantly pick on us. They always magnify the negatives of us. And then they pick on us, brothers and sisters. They pick on us. That That's happened all throughout history. They pick on the children of Israel, whether it be the, the, the Puerto Ricans, the Blaikwad Tainos, the Mexicans, the Costa Ricans, the, the, the Benjamites, the, the Jamaicans. They always pick on us. They always show us in a bad light, brothers and sisters, because they know that once we awake, we're coming back for what's ours. The children of Israel are back, brothers and sisters, and that frightens the world. We're going to Leviticus 18 because we would think about going back to our land when Christ is going to deliver us. Now, I want to be clear. We're not advocating you go into the land of Israel right now. When Christ come back, he's going to deliver us into the land of Israel. Israel is going to be smoked, according to the Bible, brothers and sisters. That is not a land that you want to be in. They have to be cleansed. We're going to show you. We don't want to get put the car before the horse. We're going to read Leviticus 18 and 2 through 5. Leviticus 18, verse 2. Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, I am the Lord your God. After the doings of the land of Egypt wherein ye dwelt, shall ye not do. And after the doings of, land, of the land of Canaan, whither I bring you, shall ye not do. Neither shall ye walk in their ordinances. Right. So the Most High said, do not follow the Gentiles. Do not follow the Africans, brothers and sisters. Do not follow their ways of worship. Uh, he explicitly tells us to follow his commandments. Explicitly. Verse 4, ye shall do my judgments and keep mine ordinances to walk therein. I am the Lord your God. Ye shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments, which if man do, he shall live in them. I am the Lord. Right. Now, remember that, brothers and sisters. Before we got our land originally, he told us, do not follow the, the Canaanites. Do not follow the Egyptians, the Hamites, brothers and sisters. Follow what I'm telling you. This was his command, brothers and sisters. Explicitly, he commanded us this. And, of course, we didn't follow it. We, but, we want to go back on the history to see where we fell, so we know not to do that again. We got to know the history, brothers and sisters. Uh, we're going to jump to, we're going to jump to Leviticus chapter 20, verse 22. Leviticus 20 and 22. Ye shall therefore keep all my statutes and all my judgments and do them, that the land whither I bring you to dwell therein spew you not out. See? So the land will vomit you out if you don't follow these laws in that land, brothers and sisters. You can't live in that land and not perpetuate the right acts, the rehearse the righteous acts, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, Brother Corey? Verse 22. Ye shall therefore keep all my statutes and all my judgments and do them, that the land whither I bring you to dwell therein spew you not out. See, that's the proof, brothers and sisters, that there was contingencies. You can have the land, but if you go off, then that land will put you out. And I'll have to take that land back, brothers and sisters. And see, that's the importance of us following the law now. Because we will be vomited out if we go back and don't know how to follow the law properly, brothers and sisters. So we needed to go look at the history, look at the ancient, in order to understand the mistakes we made. So when we go forward, 
That's not an issue. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 22. Ye shall therefore keep all my statutes and my judgments and do them, that the land whither I bring you to dwell therein spew you not out. Right. So, brothers and sisters, the land will begin to work against you, brothers and sisters. If you do not follow his laws, statutes and commandments, his holy days, the food, the proper foods that he tell you to eat, brothers and sisters. Right. The laws in regards to sexuality and morality, uh, you know, all of those things determine us living in that land, brothers and sisters. So would you rather follow his laws, have your own land or live amongst America where you're demonized, where you can be shot by the people that's supposed to protect you, brothers and sisters? Where the drugs is all over the television being sold, right? So what would you, what would you rather do? They know what the answer is, and that's why they need to hide the fact that you are the children of Israel. And if you do find out, now we're going to engage you. We're going to vilify you. Then we're going to engage you. Peter Lucas Moses uh, refers to himself as a radical religious uh, person who is with the black Hebrews. And he just uh, pleaded guilty to killing a four-year-old and a woman that he was living with. He killed the four-year-old because he thought he was gay. We have a local news report on this. Let's watch uh, and we'll discuss. Klein says Jaden Higginbotham was the only child who lived with the group who wasn't fathered by Moses. Prosecutors say Moses told Sis to get rid of the boy and became angry when he heard Higginbotham hit another child on the bottom. Klein says based on the action, Moses believed four-year-old Higginbotham was homosexual. In that religious belief of this organization, uh, homosexuality was frowned upon. Klein says Moses took Higginbotham to the garage, played the Lord's Prayer in Hebrew, and shot him. They know that if we follow those laws, we get that land. That's what they're fighting over, brothers and sisters. They're not fighting over Africa. They're not fighting over Europe. They're fighting over Israel, our land, brothers and sisters. Um, we're going to jump to... Actually, read verse 23, brother. Verse 23. And ye shall not walk in the manners of the nation, which I cast out before you. Right, because the Canaanites lived there. It was the land of Canaan before Israel got it. To prove to you that the land is supposed to be named after the people and not the other way around. You don't move to America and then say, oh, I'm American. No, whoever is living in America, the natives, you name the land after those people. Not the other way around. They purposely did that so they could hide who the children of Israel are. So now, even though you're the tribe of Zebulun, if you move over to Europe, you're European now. See? So they did this on purpose, brothers and sisters. Now, if a black man move over to another continent, now he picks up the name. Now he's Australian because he lives in Australia. That's not, that's not biblical, brothers and sisters. And they did that in order to hide a people, to hide your true identity. Uh, continue, brother. Verse 24. But I have said unto you, ye shall inherit their land, and I will give it unto you to possess it, a land that floweth with milk and honey. I am the Lord your God, which have separated you from other people. Right. See, so the Mosiah said he would deliver us a fruitful land. But there was contingencies. If you don't follow these laws, I'm going to spew you out, brothers and sisters. That's, that's the law. That's the agreement. That's the covenant. We're going to go into further proof about how that land will spew you out and work against you if you're in that holy land and you're not being righteous. We're going to Deuteronomy 11 and 17 to show you how the earth, how the land work against you. 
if you're not following the law, statutes, and commandments. We're going to read Deuteronomy 11 and 17. Deuteronomy 11, verse 17. And then the Lord's wrath be kindled against you, and he shut up the heaven, that there be no rain, and that the land yield not her fruit. See, so he will shut the rain off, brothers and sisters. So where there's no rain, there's no crops, brothers and sisters. So this is how, this is one of the ways he make the land start to work against you. It becomes unfruitful. The resources dry up, brothers and sisters. See, read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 17. And then the Lord's wrath be kindled, kindled against you, and he shut up the heaven, that there be no rain, and that the land yield not her fruit, and lest ye perish quickly from off the good land which the Lord giveth you. See, perish quickly, brothers and sisters. See, this is how that land will spew you out, brothers and sisters. The physical condition of the land, therefore, depends on the moral conduct of the men, of the people that live within the borders of that land. When, when we disobey the Most High's commandments, Israel is parched up. She doesn't yield her fruit. So this is one of the ways that the land will work against you, brothers and sisters. And he will allow enemies to come against you, brothers and sisters. So this land is the promised land. And if you don't have the protection of the Most High, everybody wants that land. So everybody's going to look to come against you to take that land. Because they know whoever lives in that land rule the world, brothers and sisters. They know this. So we needed to go here to understand how, why we were spewed out of our land. And this is the reason why we started to break the most High's commandments. Therefore, he made sure there was no rain. He made sure the animals were wild where they started to kill people and he sent enemies. So this land will work against you if you don't follow his laws. Brothers and sisters, we're going to Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse six through 20. Deuteronomy. 8, verse 6. Uh, yes, sir. This is kingdom conversation, brothers and sisters. Verse 6. Therefore, thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and depths that spring out of the valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees, and pomegranates and the land of olive oil and honey. This is a fruitful land, brothers and sisters. Look at what the Most High gave us. And we became ungrateful and unthankful and smug and arrogant and entitled to where he had to take it from us, brothers and sisters. And why? Because we were breaking his laws. Look how beautiful he crafted this, how it's structured that you take the land, but you have to follow my law to get it. That's it's beautifully crafted, brothers and sisters. That's beautiful. Because you don't deserve the land if you're not willing to, to take care of it properly, brothers and sisters. All of us. So as a nation, we must come together, learn his law, statutes, and commandments, his holy days, put the down the, the holidays, the foods, so we can get the land back and not be spewed out, brothers and sisters. Uh, continue, brother. Verse 9. A land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness. Thou shalt not lack anything in it. A land whose stones are iron. And out of whose hills thou mayest dig brass. When thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. Right. So, brothers and sisters, it's important to notice the emphasis on obedience in Deuteronomy 8, especially his call to gratitude in verse 10, brothers and sisters. The Most High understood that a wealthy and satisfied people might quickly forget that their abundance 
was a gift from the Most High. When you fool and you got it all, sometimes you just sit back. You, you know, did that through my hand, my work. I did this, self-made, hustler. Right? This is what we do. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 9. A land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness. Thou shalt not lack anything in it. A land whose stones are iron, and out of whose hills thou mayest dig brass. When thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. See, so we're supposed to bless the Most High for his for the gifts he's given us. We were to praise him for his generosity and thank him for his kindness, brothers and sisters. Such gratitude would help ensure that we would remember uh, to keep the Most High's commandments by being thankful, by being grateful, because he knew on a full belly sometimes you stop thinking about how much the Most High have done for you, brothers and sisters. The same way when you're rich. When you're rich, you don't really look at the things that he's doing for you because you believe you did it. You got the money. The money did it. See? So it was imperative that we were grateful when we got into this land, brothers and sisters. Uh, continue, brother. Verse 11. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God, and not keeping his commandments, and his judgments, and his statutes, which I command thee this day. Lest when thou hast eaten and art full, and hast built goodly houses, and dwelt therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast Past is multiplied. Brothers and sisters, the Most High is emphasizing the agricultural uh, abundance, the bounty that the Israelites, our people, would have once we took possession of this particular land. This is all the things he wanted to give us. Only thing we had to do was follow his law, statutes, and commandments, brothers and sisters. Uh, continue, brother. Verse 14. Then thine heart be lifted up. And thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. See, when you have everything, once I multiply your flock, you got homes, you have finances, you'll do what? Read that again, brother. 14. Then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led thee through that great and terrible wilderness, wherein were fierce serpents, or fiery serpents, and scorpions, and drought, where there was no water, who brought thee forth water out of the rocks of flint, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee, and that he might prove thee, to do thee good at thy latter time. See, to prove, to prove us, to, 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 to prove us, to humble us, brothers and sisters. That's why we walk through the wilderness, brothers and sisters. That's why he bring you to a low estate to humble you, to make sure he wanted to humble us before we went into the land. Right. To try to keep us humble. But of course, the children of Israel, there was implications written in the book of Leviticus that we were going to fall. That's why, they, you know, Moses knew our people. And he said, you're going to fall. You, you're going to be spewed out the land, unfortunately. Uh, continue, brother. Verse 17. And thou say in thine heart, my power. And the might of my hand hath gotten me this wealth. See? But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. See? So even if you're rich, the Most High gave you the power to get the wealth. You didn't get it on your own. Verse 18. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he sware unto thy fathers, as it is this day. And it shall be, 
If thou do at all forget the Lord thy God and walk after other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day that ye shall surely perish. As the nations with the, which the Lord destroyeth before your face, so shall ye per- perish. Because ye would not be obedient unto the voice of the Lord your God. Right. So as he destroyed the nations that uh, occupied that land prior to us to give us the land, he's saying the same fate we will meet, brothers and sisters. So this land could be passed on from generation to generation in perpetuity, brothers and sisters. So this thing could go forever. But if we broke those laws, statutes, and commandments, we would be spewed out, brothers and sisters, and lose our inheritance, lose our land, and lose the rulership, the dominion that comes with occupying that land mass. We're going to Psalms 135 and 12. We're talking about right now how we lost the kingdom, brothers and sisters, and what we should look to in order to be stimulated to make sure we don't lose it again. It's at the door. Dominion's at the door, brothers and sisters. It's right there. Psalms 135, verse 12. And gave their land for inheritance, inheritance unto Israel, his people. See, so he gave us that land. That land is our culture. That land is our heritage. Our heritage is connected to it, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 12. And gave their land for inheritance. And heritage unto Israel, his people. See, so he gave that land to the children of Israel, brothers and sisters, for heritage. We're going to Jeremiah 17 and 4. What happened to that heritage that the Most High uh, blessed us with? Jeremiah 17, verse 4. And thou, and though, I mean, and thou, even thyself shall discontinue from thy heritage. Read that again, brother. Verse 4. And thou... Even thyself shall discontinue from thy inheritance that I gave thee. So you would discontinue from your land. So that was prophesied that now I gave you the land. I blessed you with it. You didn't respect it. Now I take it back. This was prophesied, brothers and sisters. Because why? Because we were spewed out for not keeping his laws, statutes, and commandments, brothers and sisters. We have to get that drilled home. Because we're going back to Israel. And we're going to have to rehearse the righteous acts now. Or we'll be spewed out again. You want to do this whole thing again? Of course not. We learned our lesson. We want our land back and we're going to rule righteously and we're going to be obedient. We're going to be submissive to the Most High. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 4. And thou, even thyself, shalt discontinue from thy inheritance that I gave thee. And I will cause thee to serve thine enemies in the land which thou knowest not. For ye have kindled a fire in mine anger. See? So this is how we lost the land, brothers and sisters. We kindled a fire in his anger by being disobedient. He tried to give us everything, brothers and sisters. He's looking to give us everything. And we would turn it down for sin that only lasts for a season. That sin feels real good for the five minutes that you're doing it. And then (laughs) right after that, you're disappointed, you're ashamed. And our people gave up rulership. Because why? We were so high-minded, we thought there was no way we could ever lose the land, brothers and sisters. We were the most powerful, the most, the strongest, the most talented. We didn't believe that anybody could come do anything to us. That's literally how we believe. We couldn't even imagine being somebody's slave, brothers and sisters. Slave? <laughs> we're the Israelites. We ain't no slaves. That's how our people thought. So the Most High had to bring us love in order to humble us. We're going to Isaiah 5 and 5. We would lose our heritage. That is our land. Isaiah 5 verse 5. And now go to, 
I will tell you what I will do to my to my vineyard. The vineyard is what? That's the children of Israel, brothers and sisters. This is the most high's vineyard where his fruit is. I will take away the hedge thereof. I will take away the protection and it shall be eaten up and they will come to destroy you and break down the wall thereof. And it shall be trodden down. It will be trodden down. That means there will be Gentiles in our land. They would disrespect our land. There would be a sin going on all throughout the land of Israel, brothers and sisters. This was prophesied that we would have our land taken. The Most High would take off the hedge to show you that there is a hedge. That when we're following our God, nobody can touch us. And they know it. That's why they had to get you. To, that's why they needed to get you to sin first. Here, take this pork. You know, take this Christmas tree. They needed to get you to sin so that head should come off and then they could attack you, brothers and sisters. See, there's a war going on in the invisible that you can't see, but it's there, brothers and sisters. And we're going to talk about that invisible war today. Uh, can you read that again, brother? Verse five. And now go to. I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away the hedge thereof and that shall be eaten up. And break down the wall thereof, and that shall be trodden down. Right. So that's crystal clear. This is the prophecy of him taking the land from us and allowing Gentiles to come desecrate our land. We're going to Isaiah 63, verse 5, uh, verse 18. Isaiah chapter 63, verse 18. Isaiah 63, verse 18. The people of thy holiness have possessed it but a little while. Our adversaries have trodden down the sanctuary. See, so the people of thy holiness, the children of Israel, God's holy people only possessed the land for a while because we became disobedient, brothers and sisters. And the most high already told you the land will spew you out. The land will work against you. I'll make sure the resources don't grow. I'll make sure the oil isn't there. I'll make sure the fruit don't grow. I'll make sure the crops die. See, the Most High have the power of all of that. Even when you have a land, he's still controlling it. That's how great the Most High is, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 18. The people of thy holiness have possessed it but a little while. Our adversaries have trodden down thy sanctuary. See, and this is the kingdom conversation. This is what the conversation that must happen around amongst men, amongst the children of Israel. This is family talk. This is family business. This is the conversation of the kingdom. This is the things that the children of Israel should be discussing. Listen, this is how we fail. These are the things that tripped us up before. We need to make sure we're united. We must make sure that we don't fall to these same things. Because Satan will use the same tricks over and over, brothers and sisters. He will use the same tricks over and over. Because if it worked before, why wouldn't it work this time? In his mind, right? So this is the conversation that we must have to get into the kingdom. Brothers and sisters, we must keep our eye on the big picture, not about arguing and who believed this and what Israelites believed that. And the focus is getting into the kingdom to get the land, brothers and sisters. That's the big picture. Remember, Peter, he he started to what sink when he was walking on water, when he took his eye off Christ. You must keep your eye on the kingdom of Christ in order to stay afloat, brothers and sisters, because if you start looking around. You got your head on a swivel. You're looking at everything. You're going to start to sink, brothers and sisters. Keep your focus on the kingdom. That's the big picture. That's the big picture. You may not have everything you want right now. Everything may not be the way you think it should be. And it's not going to be that way because this is not your kingdom. The most I have to make sure you're uncomfortable because this isn't your kingdom. You have a kingdom coming. 
The kingdom's at the door, brothers and sisters. We will soon see Zion. We will soon see Zion. We're going to Ezekiel 7 and 22, brothers and sisters. Kingdom conversation. Kingdom talk. Ezekiel 7 and 22. My face will I turn also from them. Right. So the Most High said that the land would be trodden down to the Gentiles. So Gentiles would go into our land. Read this again, brother, please. Verse 22. My face will I turn also from them. And they shall pollute my secret place, for the robber shall enter into it and defile it. Right. This happened in 1948, brothers and sisters. This was when the Jewish people uh, went into our land and started to pollute the Holy Land based off of a quote unquote world war where Germans were qu killing so-called Jewish people. How does that have anything to do with our land? I'm still trying to understand that. But they persecuted themselves. You had white people killing white people in order to get a land in Israel. See how that worked? That's their psychology, brothers and sisters. Oh, because I've been oppressed. Uh, I should get the promised land. And, and, and how could they move into the promised land? Where are the people at? <laughs> exactly. They've been vomited out. They've been spewed out. That's the only way they could go into the land because you're not there. Because you're not there. Because I'm not there. Because we're not there. There's a land that was vacated. So now they have... Assume the identity. They've not only taken the land, but they have assumed the identity that come with the land, brothers and sisters. And now they say they're Israel because they live in Israel. No, you're a citizen of Israel, but you're not an Israelite. Can you continue, brother, please? Verse 23. Make a chain for the land is full of bloody crimes. The city is full of violence. Brothers and sisters, there's so much evil going down in Jerusalem. There's transgender uh, clubs in Jerusalem. There's gay pride parades in Jerusalem, brothers and sisters. And now to Israel, where a monument to homosexuals persecuted by the Nazis will be erected in central Tel Aviv later this year. Uh, we actually have a picture of the monument. We'll get to it in just a little bit. But at the center of the monument will be a concrete triangle containing a pink triangle, the symbol used by Nazis to mark homosexuals. About 50,000 homosexuals were convicted under the Nazi penal code, and between 7,000 and 10,000 were murdered in death camps. The erection of the monument is highly significant. It will be close to the gay center and inside a public park. Now, in Israel every year, Tel Aviv hosts its annual gay pride parade, the only such event in the Middle East. The monument will be a public Israeli monument erected by the municipality, not something that belongs to the gay community. Israel has laws to protect the lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender community, and gays can openly serve in the army there. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 23. Make a chain, for the land is full of bloody crimes. The city is full of violence. See, the city is full of violence. Why? Because the real Israelites are not in the land executing the law of the Most High. That's why that's going down in Jerusalem. That shouldn't be going down in Jerusalem, brothers and sisters. But because the proper people are not in the proper place, this is what's transpiring on our soil, brothers and sisters. Verse 24. Wherefore, I will bring the worst of the heathen, and they shall possess their house. See, he will bring the worst, because in 1948, these weren't rich white people. They pulled the, white, the poor white people from the ghettos all throughout Europe and said, listen, we just need people to go to the land so they can occupy it. If we put enough people there, then they can't take the land from us. See, so they just started gathering up poor white people from all these ghettos throughout Europe and say, listen, we'll just give you this land. Go into that land and just occupy it. So when they do wake up, they'll look over there and see a people in that land 
and think, well, that must not be us because there's somebody there already. This was strategic how they did this, brothers and sisters. This is a war. This is a war, brothers and sisters. Verse 24. Wherefore I will bring the worst of the heathen, and they shall possess their houses. I will also make the pomp, the Pompeii of the strong to cease, and their holy places shall be defiled. Destruction cometh, and they shall seek peace, and there shall be none. See? When they say peace, brothers and sisters, when you hear peace talks, understand sudden destruction. Peace means destruction with them. That's one of their code words when they say, well, yeah, we just want peace in the Middle East. You know, well, we're going to Syria because we need peace there. You don't you don't make nuclear weapons if you want peace. You don't make more guns if you want peace, brothers and sisters. But this is what they'll say. This is this is their terms, brothers and sisters. This is the kingdom talk. This is the. The conversation that we should be having. This is the collusion that should be going on. We should be colluding against them, brothers and sisters, to get our kingdom back righteously. We're going to show you. Go to Revelations 2 and 9 because the Bible tells you that the worst heathen would come into the land. So just because we don't live there doesn't mean we're not the people of the land originally. Revelation 2 verse 9. I know thy works. And tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. So the Most High say He know our poverty, our meekness, our humility. But thou art rich, and I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not. Blasphemy is a bold-faced lie. He know the lie of them who say they are the Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. See, so even though they're in the land, brothers and sisters, the Most High understand who the true children of Israel are, no matter who's in the land. The Most High understand there's a difference between the children of Israel and Israelis. There's a difference in the Jews and those who call themselves Jewish. Even though they're in the land, the Most High is saying, listen, I still know who the truth is. Because everybody else, the Gentiles are looking at it as if they're the children of Israel because they live in Israel. And that, you know, people of color, they don't have no culture for themselves. So they just want to steal white people's culture because they, they're lost. So they just saw the Jewish people and they're already taken. So they wanted to grab and take their culture. See, this is what they say, brothers and sisters. Not understanding that this is not some people of color trying to grab on somebody else's culture. We the people and you've raped and robbed our culture and our land, brothers and sisters. This is the conversations that should happen amongst princes, amongst princesses, amongst kings and queens. The rulers to be brothers and sisters. We're going to Leviticus 18 and 28. Because why? The Bible tells you that the land was full of bloody crimes. We know that the scriptures told you, if you don't follow the commandments, you'll be spewed out. So now they'll be spewed out, brothers and sisters, because they're in the land full of bloody crimes and violence. See? So now comes their objection. And then we come in. We're going to show you, brothers and sisters. Is it verse 28? Uh, it's verse 28. Yes, sir. Leviticus 18, verse 28. That the land spew not you out also when ye defile it, as it spewed out the nations that were before you. See, so these Jewish people, the Israelis, will be spewed out. Because every nation that was in that land that didn't follow the law, statutes, and commandments was spewed out. And they're not different. They're not, they're not different, brothers and sisters. They will be spewed out. There is a judgment coming to Israel, that land mass of Israel, brothers and sisters. Do not go to that land mass, brothers and sisters. You will not be safe there. It must be brought back from the sword. The Most High have to burn that place. To burn all the, the, you know, the iniquity that's been going on in the Holy Land, brothers and sisters. That have to be burned. 
The land itself vomited out her inhabitants as a stomach loaded with nauseating, unpalatable, bad food <laughs> that is taken in. So the land will vomit you up. Read that. Uh, read 28 again, brother. Verse 28. That the land spew you not out also when ye defile it, as it spewed out the nations that were before you. For whosoever shall commit any of these abominations, even the souls that commit them shall be cut off from among their people. See, so when we get this land, if you're a person who's transgressing these laws, we have to cut you off. Because if that thing grow like a cancer, then this land will be taken from us again. So we got to cut you off, brother, because, listen, you're dealing with something else. We got to cut you off, sister. Because you're dealing with something else. And if that thing spread, you start spreading that amongst young people and they start spreading it. Now we have a cancer in the land. We must protect our home, brothers and sisters. And that's why we're coming through one understanding, understanding who we are, following those law, statutes and commandments. So we can get that land back and not be spewed out because the Jewish people are about to be vomited out of that land, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you Ezekiel 38 verse 8. The future prophecy of that land of Israel um, being judged for the iniquity. Ezekiel 38 verse 8. After many days thou shalt be visited. In the latter years thou shalt come into the land that is brought back from the sword. That is what? Brought back from the sword. See, we will be brought back into the land after the land is brought back from the sword. That means there's going to be a judgment, brothers and sisters. There's going to be warfare, nuclear bombs going off in Israel to cleanse it like gold, brothers and sisters. When you put gold in a fire, it burn out the impurities. So the Most High said, I must cleanse that land for my holy people to go in there. You can't go in there the way it is. They got to set up with statues that, that, that hold demons and pentagrams within the, uh, within the land, brothers and sisters. So don't go there right now. If you want to go visit, you know, that's on you. But don't go there to move, brothers and sisters. It will not be safe. A lot of our people find out they're Israel and they take off and run to Israel. And that's not you. You're not following scripture. I know you're excited, but you have to follow the scripture, brothers and sisters, the scripture. Verse uh, eight. Yeah. <clears throat> After many days, thou shalt be visited in the latter years. Thou shalt come into the land that is brought back from the sword. And is gathered out of many people against the mountains of Israel, which have been always waste. But it is brought forth out of the nations, and they shall dwell safely, all of them. Right, so we will be brought forth out of the nations, because why? The children of Israel are scattered amongst all nations, brothers and sisters. So the Most High will gather us. How will He gather us? Through the information that we're teaching right now. We would all find out that we're the children of Israel, and that would bring us closer together. We would have Christ in common now, brothers and sisters. That is the only thing that can gather us. The truth of the gospel, brothers and sisters. This is that one thing we have, all have in common that will bring us together, brothers and sisters. It's our identity and our big brother Christ. That's the only thing that could bring Mexicans and Puerto Ricans and Negroes and North American Indians and Costa Ricans and Panamanian. That's the only thing that could bring us together, brothers and sisters. This is the only thing. This is the gathering. We're going to Joel 3 and 1. Because we're talking about that judgment. That have to come to that land. There's a punishment. That land must be brought back from the sword, brothers and sisters. Joel 3 and 1. For behold, in those days in that time, when I shall bring again the captivity of Judah and Jerusalem, 
I will also gather all nations, and I will bring them down into the valley of Josaphat. That's in the that's in the Middle East. He will bring all the nations down to the valley of Jehoshaphat, brothers and sisters. You notice that you got all the nations in Syria and near Iran, Babylon. That's that whole area. The Most High is gathering them there. They think they're there for resources. That's why they think they're there. But look at what the Bible is saying here. All of those armies that are in the Middle East, they're there for a reason. Verse 2. I will also gather all nations and will bring them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat and will plead with them there for my people and for my heritage Israel. See, he will bring them down there for the heritage, the land. He's going to bring them all down there, brothers and sisters, and blow them all at one time. Get them all into this room and then boom. Who's left? The children of Israel are left because they don't have an army. They don't have a land. Then we get our land back. So all of the nations, China, all the nations are culminating to one spot. And that's the Valley of Jehoshaphat. That's in the Middle East, brothers and sisters. And that's where they will be judged. All of those nations will be judged. And we get our land back after that. Read that again, brother. Verse 2. I will also gather all nations and will bring them down into the Valley of Jehoshaphat. And will plead with them for my people and for my heritage, Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations and parted my land. And they have cast lots for my people and have given a boy for a harlot. So they turned our boys into homosexuals and sold a girl for wine. See, turned our young women into bed confessionaries. This is what they did, brothers and sisters. Jump to uh, verse 17, brother. Verse 17. For shall ye know that I am the Lord your God, dwelling in Zion, my holy mountain? Then shall Jerusalem be holy, and there shall no strangers pass through her anymore. See, so once they're judged, says dwelling in Zion, the holy mountain, we are Zion. Then shall Jerusalem be holy. So once it's judged, brothers and sisters, once it's cleansed, brothers and sisters, once you have the land back, it says strangers shall no more pass through her. So then that land will be given to us. That will be us. And everybody will live according to their land. It's a lot from the beginning. You had the uh, the Asians. They had a particular land, the Eurasia, right? You had the Europeans, the white man. He had a particular land. Then you had the Shemites, who we are, children of Israel, had different lands. And we're not going to be mixing amongst each other when Christ come back, brothers and sisters. We're going to live amongst ourselves, amongst our own people. Because why? When you start mixing people up, brothers and sisters, that's where violence happened. That's where violence happened. That's why the Bible tells you when we lived in our land not to choose women from outside of the borders of Israel. To choose women from right in there. You don't have to go to another country to find a woman, brothers and sisters. Because once that starts to happen, there's difference in opinion. There's difference in food taste, in music taste, in holidays, right? All of that. So the Most High was telling us during that time... To stick with the children of Israel. Now, right now, we're in captivity. And we don't have our own land. So there's a lot of Israelites who are dealing with Gentiles. And that's fine. As long as you bring that Gentile to follow the laws of Christ. Hey, we're, hey the commandment keeper church is not in position to tell somebody who they can and cannot marry. So we're not in that business. What we do is teach the Bible. That's it. So irregardless of who your mate may be, follow the law, statutes, and commandments. And you'll be okay. We're going to Ezekiel. 26 and 34. We needed to show you that there was a judgment to that land of Israel before Christ bring us back. Ezekiel 36 and 24. 
This is the big picture, brothers and sisters. This is what we're looking forward to. This is why we're being obedient, because we're looking for that land. Ezekiel 36, verse 24. For I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land. See, the Old Testament, brothers and sisters, emphatically declares that the Most High will gather Israel after being scattered all over the earth through dispersions. And from even the four corners of the earth, it emphatically promotes the fact that we will be gathered and placed in our land. Read that again, brother. Verse 24. For I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all the countries and will bring you into your own land. See, he will bring us into the land. See, so you don't go in the land on your own. Christ will bring us to the land. See. So this is how we know the Jewish people are lying when they say, well, in 1948, we were fulfilling prophecy because it told you that the children of Israel was going to come back to the land. But no, the Bible tell you that Christ will deliver us into the land, not that we're going to go sign a paper with the government that say we can have a land in 1948. That's not Christ bringing us back to Israel. That's somebody claiming to be Israel, claiming to fulfill prophecies that they didn't fulfill. That prophecy hasn't been fulfilled yet. We will feel that prophecy when Christ deliver us back to our holy land, brothers and sisters, where we will rule forever. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 24. For I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all the countries and will bring you into your own land. He will gather us from all the countries, brothers and sisters. We're going to Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 42. This is kingdom conversation, brothers and sisters. We shall soon see Zion. Ezekiel 20 and 42. And ye shall know that I am the Lord, when I shall bring you into the land of Israel, into the country for the which I lifted up mine hand, to give it to your fathers. See, so listen, the lost sheep may be lost to men, to man. But the Most High never lost sight of us. The Most High know exactly who we are, brothers and sisters. And Scripture clearly anticipates the regathering of the whole house of Israel, brothers and sisters. It's written in Scripture. These prophecies will be fulfilled, brothers and sisters. There will be a regathering. We will be planted back in that land of Israel, of Jerusalem, brothers and sisters, to live comfortably without fear from, for eternity. Uh, can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 42. And ye shall know that I am the Lord, when I shall bring you into the land of Israel, into the country for, for the which I lifted up my hand to give it to your father. See, so it's crystal clear, brothers and sisters, that we will get the land back. But what is the Most High waiting on? He's waiting on us to make sure that we're properly, we're properly trained on how to act on that land. That's why this time is so important, brothers and sisters. Because if you go into that land, once you go into that land, there's no more learning what to do. You have to already know what to do, brothers and sisters. You have to already know about the holy days and the times and the foods that you can eat and the laws that you can do. Whether it be sexual immorality, uh, ceremonial laws, all of that you must know before you go into the land. That's what makes this time so important, brothers and sisters. This is, this is the time. This is the time uh, of preparation. This is preparation, brothers and sisters. This is kingdom conversation, brothers and sisters. We're going to Isaiah 43 and 5, brothers and sisters. Follow with us. We know there's, there's a ton of precepts today because it's a, it's a very 
it's a very important lesson um, for our people to use this as stimula uh, as a stimulant to continue fighting the good fight on that path of that uh, straight and narrow path, brothers and sisters. We must look forward to the kingdom, to the rulership. That's just, that's what stimulates us. That's what motivates us, brothers and sisters. A lot of our people aren't self-motivated. We all know people who aren't self-motivated. So you must give them something to look forward to. A lot of our people don't have anything to look forward to, brothers and sisters. We get up and we have nothing to look forward to throughout the day. And we just live miserable. So you must give them something to look forward to, brothers and sisters. Something to fight for. We're going to Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43 verse 5. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. I will say to the north, give up. And to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth. See, so Isaiah, brothers and sisters, Isaiah, especially in uh, chapter 43, he had a lot to say about Israel's future rebirth as a nation. The Bible tell you no matter how far away his people may be scattered, he will still be able to bring them back home, brothers and sisters. No matter where you're at, the Most High is calling you back home. Look towards Zion. Look towards Jerusalem. They knew that all of this would come into remembrance when it said, uh, bring again the captivity. Everything we're discussing comes through understanding we're the children of Israel. Now we go back and look at what we fell at. And then we look at the present, the things we need to change. Then we look to the future to say, okay, we know what we did wrong before, and now we elevate and apply. We must apply. There must be application of the principles that we learn, brothers and sisters, or we will not get the rulership. We will not get the kingdom. We will not get the land, brothers and sisters. We're going to Deuteronomy 30, 1, and five, uh, one through 5. Deuteronomy 30, verse 1. And it shall come to pass when all these things are come upon thee, the blessing and the curse, which I have set before thee. And thou shalt call them to the mind among all the nations, whether the Lord thy God hath driven thee. And thou shalt return, and shalt return unto the Lord thy God, and shalt obey his voice according to all that I command thee this day, thou and thy children with thine heart, and with all thine soul, that then the Lord thy God will turn thy captivity, and have compassion upon thee, and will return and gather thee from all the nations, whether the Lord thy God hath scattered, scattered thee. If any of thine be driven out unto the outmost parts of heaven, from thence will the Lord thy God gather thee, and from thence will he fetch thee. Brothers and sisters, these prophecies are indisputable, brothers and sisters, in this area. The children of Israel have been scattered amongst all nations, just as the Bible predicted. For centuries, we were persecuted exactly as Moses described. And soon we shall see Zion. Soon we will see a regathering of the children of Israel, brothers and sisters. That's what the scripture is referring to. That's the context of the scripture, brothers and sisters. So we've looked into the history of how we fell. Now we're looking into the future prophecy of what's to come for us, brothers and sisters. And we're going to put it all together for one kingdom conversation. This is the conversation of kings, brothers and sisters. This is the conversation of queens. This is, this is the talk, brothers and sisters. We're going to Baruch chapter 4, verse 36 in your apographer.
Baruch chapter 4. We're going to read verse 36 and 37. Baruch 4 verse 36. O Jerusalem, look about thee toward the east. Look towards Jerusalem, brothers and sisters. See, that's what we look towards. We look towards Jerusalem, brothers and sisters. That's what's going to get us through Jacob's trouble is looking towards the end, looking to that light at the end of the tunnel. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 36. O Jerusalem, look about thee toward the east and behold the joy that cometh unto thee from from God. See, this is why they don't want us to know where Israel, because then we would look for our home. We would look for the joy that come with rulership, with the land. Right. See, this is the reason why the most I said look towards Jerusalem, because why? Once you look there, you start to change the laws, because once you look there, you notice you were spewed out before. So now you're like, okay, I need to get that right because last time I got I got evicted from my home because of that. So he said, look towards Jerusalem, look towards how you fail. Look. So when you come back, you never have that issue ever again, brothers and sisters. Can you read that from the top, brother? Verse 36. Oh, Jerusalem. Look about thee toward the east and behold the joy that cometh unto thee from God. Lo. Thy sons come whom thou sentest away. They come gathered together from the east to the west by the word of the Holy One, rejoicing in the glory of God. See, so look towards Jerusalem, brothers and sisters. That's our motivation. That's our motivation. We do all of this that we do, the obedience, the submissiveness. We do that so we can see Zion, brothers and sisters, where we're safe amongst our own. You can wake up in the morning and do whatever it is that you want to do. Go Deal with your produce. Go deal with your flock. Right? That's what you wake up and do. You don't go work for another nation to be paid. No. You don't need to be paid. You're paid. You have the land. It's yours. Milk and honey. Fruit. Produce. Everything you need. Cattle. That's rulership, brothers and sisters. That's rulership. Not having to ask anybody for anything outside of the most high, brothers and sisters. And that's what belonged to us. That's what belonged to us. This is the kingdom conversation, brothers and sisters. Brother Corey, we're going to go to Amos chapter 9, verse 11 through 15. The Bible tells you, look towards Jerusalem. Look towards Jerusalem, brothers and sisters. That's the big picture. That's what we're looking for. We're not looking for approval from Edomites that we're the Israelites. <laughs> yeah, I just all I do is just go to white people and beg them to and try to prove to them that I'm an Israelite. We don't need your approval. We're past the stage of needing your approval that we're the children of Israel. We're looking for something greater. We're looking for our rulership. We're looking for our land. We're past the stage of needing Gentiles to believe we're the children of Israel. doesn't matter what they believe, brothers and sisters. They're going to find out when we get the land. Righteously. We're going to show them righteously. We're going to Amos 9 and 11. We're going to read 11 through 15. Amos 9 verse 11. <clears throat> And that day will I raise up the tabernacle of David. Tabernacle of David. Who is David? David is Judah. Judah, the Judeans. And that day will I raise up the tabernacle of David that is fallen, and close up the, bre the breaches thereof. And I will raise up his ruins, and I will build it as the days of old. The children of Israel, brothers and sisters, will be regathered and raised from that valley of dry bones. Verse 12. 
That they may possess the remnant of Edom. That they will possess the remnant of the Edomites. And of all the heathen. Right, see? So they will be in service to us, brothers and sisters. They they will be in service. They will give reverence to the children of Israel. What do we mean? When you live in America, what do you do? You celebrate July 4th, right? Heart on the flag, right? So you give reverence to them. You celebrate their history. You celebrate Thanksgiving, right? The Mayflower Compact, right? So now all that's going to change. Now you're going to reverence us. You're going to reverence our God. You're going to reverence our holidays. You're going to reverence our, our holy days. That's what's going to happen, brothers and sisters. We will possess them, which means they will work for us. We will own all the companies. We will own the Fortune 500 companies. We will own the stock exchange. And everybody will work for us, brothers and sisters. See, and they know this. And because of this, you become the enemy. Because they know what the prophecy is concerning them and your rulership over them, they're going to look to vilify you and then engage you physically, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again, Brother Corey? Verse 12, that they may possess the remnant of Edom and all of the heathen, which are called by my name, said the Lord that doth this. See, so we will possess the Gentiles, which means they will be, or they will give reverence to us. They will be in service to us the way we're in service to them now, how we work for their armies. We work for their government, brothers and sisters, right? We're, now we own the basketball team. We own the football team. Now you get out there and shoot some threes. We run it all now. And see, they know this, brothers and sisters. They know this. So they're going to look to engage you. You think they want people of color and rulership over them? <laughs> you got another thing coming, brothers and sisters, and they're going to fight tooth and nail. They're not going to just give it up. They're not going to just give this up, brothers and sisters. So we must be smart. We're going to go over the, the, the uh, characteristics that we must use in order to get through Jacob's trouble. Uh, continue, brother, please. Verse 13. Behold, the days come, said the Lord. That the plowman shall overtake the reaper, and the tre the treader of grapes, him that sowed seed, and the mountains shall drop sweet wine, right. and all the hills shall melt. Right. The fruitfulness of the land, brothers and sisters. Verse 14. And I will bring again the captivity of my people of Israel, and they shall build the waste cities, and inhabit them, and they shall plant vineyards, and drink the wine thereof. They shall also make gardens, and eat the fruit of them. And I will plant them upon their land, and they shall no more be pulled up out of their land, which I have given them, saith the Lord thy God. See, so once the judgment comes to that land of Israel for the, 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 the iniquity that have transpired in that land, once the Jewish people are uprooted and vomited out of the land, like the scriptures say, then it will be our turn to reign. We'll have another opportunity, brothers and sisters. This time, only a remnant of us are going to make it because the majority of Israel are not going to follow these laws, brothers and sisters. The majority of Israelites are not going to follow these laws. So the only the remnant of those who will follow will get into the land, brothers and sisters. That's that's all of Israel will not make it, brothers and sisters. We're going to Revelations 13 and 9. Let's go to Revelations, brothers and sisters. <clears throat> Kingdom conversation. Revelation 13, verse 9. If any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. 
Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. See, this is the faith and the patience of the saints. This is what the saints are waiting on. The saints are waiting for what? For people to be, the, you know, for people to feel the repercussions of their actions, their consequences, brothers and sisters. Right? With vengeance is the Lord's. This is what the children of Israel are waiting on. Read that one more time, Brother Corey. Verse 10. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killed with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. See? This is what the saints are patiently waiting on, brothers and sisters. Get your big brother. Get Christ. See? And they know this. They know that there's judgment for the, their behavior. They know there's judgment, and for that reason, they're going to look to engage you. Because of that reason, brothers and sisters, they are going to look to engage you because they understand that the Bible says, he who kill with the sword shall be killed with the sword. He who lead into captivity shall go into captivity. And they understand this. And because of that, they're going to look to vilify you and then engage you physically, brothers and sisters. We're going to prove it. We're going to Psalms 83. Because see, they, they, we know, and they know we know, brothers and sisters. That's the thing. They know that we know now. And because of that, you've become the enemy. You've become public enemy number one. You've become enemy of the state. Because they know that we know now, brothers and sisters. It's out. Psalms 83, verse 1. A song or psalm of Asaph. Keep not thou silence, O God. Hold not thy peace, and be not still, O God. For lo, thy enemies make a tumult. A tumult means an uprising. The Gentiles are making an uprising. And they that hate thee have lifted up their head. They have taken crafty counsel against thy people. They have taken crafty counsel against thy people. They are colluding together, brothers and sisters. Crafty counsel. Which means they can't show you outright that they're looking to destroy you. They must do it through psychology, brothers and sisters, through programming, brothers and sisters. All nations, because they know that he who goeth a lead into captivity shall go into captivity, because of that, they're taking crafty counsel against us, brothers and sisters. How to how to demoralize and degrade us and vilify us and criminalize us, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse three. They have taken crafty counsel against thy people. And consulted against thy hidden ones. They have said, Come, and let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. See, so they said, We will cut these people off from knowing who they are, from their heritage, take their land. Why? Because they understand that he who lead into captivity shall go into captivity. He who kill with the sword shall be killed with the sword, brothers and sisters. And they understand this. And for that reason, they will engage. We must be prepared for engagement, brothers and sisters. There's a way, a manner in which you must act. You must carry yourself with the wisdom of Christ while people are trying to entice you to engage you, brothers and sisters. This is what's going to happen. Spiritual warfare. We're going to show you Ephesians 6 and 12. They're going to look to engage us, brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters, through all facets of society. Physically and spiritually, brothers and sisters. We're going to read verse 12 through 18. Ephesians 6, verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. See, not against flesh and blood. Brothers and sisters, there's a war taking place in the spiritual realm as we speak. But against principalities, against powers, 
against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Against spiritual wickedness in high places, brothers and sisters. Governmental seats, brothers and sisters. There's wickedness in those seats. There's a spiritual war that we cannot see, brothers and sisters. There's a war going on in the invisible that we cannot see, and we're going to prove it. Verse 13. Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. See, we would need to withstand, so we need armor, brothers and sisters. A war, this war, begins in the spiritual. When it says we wrestle not, wrestle means to battle. So we battle not with flesh and blood, but what? But with the unseen enemy, brothers and sisters. There's a spiritual unseen enemy. How do you protect yourself from a spiritual enemy in the spiritual realm? We're going to show you. Uh, continue, brother. Verse 14. Stand, therefore, having your loins girded about with truth. Truth, brothers and sisters. Truth is your number one weapon. Truth, brothers and sisters, shall set you free. See, so we don't need to call the white man the devil and all that. Listen, we'll just put the truth out there. See? So in the media, they'll demonize us and criminalize us, but they'll never ask, are they actually the people? No media source will ever answer that question. They will never invite us on to a platform and ask us to prove that because they know there's truth to it. So we don't need to lie. We don't need to lie. Because why? We have the truth, brothers and sisters. Gird your loins up with truth. That's the way. That's the first way that you fight a spiritual battle, brothers and sisters. This is through truth. Verse 14. Stand therefore having your loins girded about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. See, faith, brothers and sisters. Faith about what? About what's to come. About the rulership. About the possession of the land coming back to the children of Israel. It says so you could quench all fiery darts of the wicked because they're going to send little darts at you. They're going to send people to you, brothers and sisters. Where there's truth, Satan will send the enemy. He will send some of his cohorts to come against you, brothers and sisters. Verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The helmet of salvation, brothers and sisters. See, so the Most High has given us spiritual armor to secure ourselves, brothers and sisters. And when you go into a war, what do they do? They put on a helmet. They protect their head. It's the most vulnerable, brothers and sisters. You must protect your head. You must protect your mind because there's a spiritual war going on in the invisible. Verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Perseverance, brothers and sisters, this is Jacob's trouble and you will need perseverance because they know that we know, brothers and sisters, they know that we know we're the children of Israel now. They know the prophecy. They can act like they don't believe in the Bible, but they know what this Bible says, brothers and sisters. And they are trying to fight against the scriptures. They're looking to fight against prophecy. So what do we what do we know? We know there's a spiritual world operating around us in the invisible, brothers and sisters. And that's critical that you know that just because you can't see it physically doesn't mean it's not there. We're going to prove that to you. We're going to Matthew four and one. We're going to Christ. Now, once Christ was baptized, 
Satan sent fiery darts. He looked to come against Christ. And that's usually what happens. Once you make a decision to turn away from evil and follow truth, Satan will begin to attack you. Because now you've made a change for the good and it's evident. We're going to show you. We're going to Ephesians, uh, excuse me, Matthew 4 and 1. Matthew 4 verse 1. Then when Christ was led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward in hunger. See, so Christ, he fasted as he began his ministry, brothers and sisters, because he need, he knew he would need power to, to finish, to, to make it to the cross. He understood that I'm going to have to go through a lot, so I need to build my spirit up before I go into war. So you got to understand, brothers and sisters, when there's a war ahead of you, you must prepare uh, spiritually. You must prepare spiritually to show you he's fasting. That's something that you can't see because he understands there's a battle that you can see to show you that everything comes from the invisible. This is a spiritual battle that he's fighting, brothers and sisters. Read that again, brother, please. <clears throat> Verse two. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward in hunger. And when the tempter came to him and said, if thou be the son of God, Command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. See, so Satan, he used scripture. He said, listen, if you're, listen, if you're who you say you are, turn this into bread. So he'll come as a tempter. He'll send people to you like that. Well, listen, if you, you're in Israel, you claim to be who you are, then why are you not doing this? Why are you not teaching this then? Why you ain't doing this, right? See, brothers and sisters, don't be tempted to, 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 to have to prove who you are. Because Satan will send his cohorts. He will send ministers of evil in order to tempt you and test you, brothers and sisters. And we're not going to... Listen, the Bible tells you to avoid foolish questions. You can ignore people, brothers and sisters. You can clearly just ignore them. You don't have to feed into what they want from you, brothers and sisters, because there's an agenda. There's an agenda. Continue, brother. Verse 5. Then the devil taketh them up into the holy city and setteth them on a pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, If thou be the son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up. Lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. See, so now he's using scripture. So Satan will even use scripture, brothers and sisters, out of context. Right? Christ is saying, listen, that scripture's out of context. He's saying that he'll protect me if I need protection. That don't mean throw myself off of a mountain. <laughs> right? <laughs> listen, I believe in God. I believe he'll protect me, but I'm not going to jump off a cliff. <laughs> See, this is what Satan wants you to do, brothers and sisters. He want to tempt you. He wants to tempt you, brothers and sisters. This is the battle. This is the battle in the physical, brothers and sisters. Verse 7. Christ said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. See, so Christ, he battled with the scriptures. This is the way you battle, brothers and sisters. You battle with truth. Remember, we just read that. Truth. Gird up your loins with truth. So Christ used truth to fight this battle. When these... Uh, these world powers come against you, brothers and sisters, which they will. They're already doing. You must use truth. That's the only way to fight this. You can't be angry, brothers and sisters. You can't fight this in an angry spirit. The first person to lose their cool, lose the battle, brothers and sisters. 
Because then they'll be able to point to you being angry and then ignore all the information that you were trying to bring because you're angry. Do not be tempted, brothers and sisters. Verse 8. Again, the devil taketh them up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth them all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. He showed Christ all the kingdoms and said unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then said Christ unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. See, so Satan knew that Christ was the king, and he was going to rule all kingdoms, but he tried to give it to him beforehand. He said, listen, you got to die to get that. You got to die to get that. Listen, I'll give it to you now. You don't even have to die. See, because we know that Christ is going to be the ruler of all kingdoms, but he would have to die first. So Satan is like, listen, I'll give it to you right now. Fall down and worship me. I'll give it to you right now. You don't even have to go through that. See? This is how he's going to come, brothers and sisters. There's a war going on in the invisible and the visible. First, it's in the invisible. So there's wars going on all around us that we can't see, brothers and sisters. Satan has sent his minions, his, his evil ministers out into the world to come against these people, the children of Israel. Continue, brother. Verse 11. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. See? So you have to withstand the devil, and he shall flee, brothers and sisters. We wanted to show you that physical battle. The battle in the visible. Now we'll show you the one in the invisible. We're going to Daniel chapter 10, verse 8. We're going into the Tanakh, brothers and sisters. We're going to read 8 through 14. Daniel 10, verse 8. Therefore, I was left alone and saw this great vision. Daniel had a vision. And there remained no strength in me. For my comeliness was turned into me and into corruption and retained no strength. Yet heard I the voice of his words. And when I heard the voice of his words, then was I in a deep sleep on my face and my face toward the ground. And behold, a hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved. This is Christ, brothers and sisters, as the angel of the Lord, brothers and sisters, before he came as Christ. O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright. For unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel. For from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. Right. So, brothers and sisters, all of us in this truth will have to stand in our current battles. Every battle is not the same. This was a battle that, that Daniel dealt with in the Old Testament. We showed you Christ in the New Testament. Now, read that last scripture again, brother. Verse 13. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief priests, came to help me. And I remained there with the king of Persia. Right. So what he's saying is, the temp- number one, let's, let's establish one thing. That the tempter always comes to those who can see, brothers and sisters. So if you can see, he's going to send temptation your Direction. He's going to send ministers of evil, brothers and sisters. Can you read that scripture one more time, brother? Verse 13. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. But lo, 
Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. And I remained there with the kings of Persia. So what this is saying is Christ is saying that Christ and Michael were fighting in the spirit during the time of Daniel to bring forward the prophecies of regime change. So when the Persians were ruling, Satan didn't want to give up that particular uh, kingdom. He wanted to keep ruling from that kingdom. When we know we would have to go through certain captivities, Persian Medo captivity, um, we would have the uh, Babylonian captivity. We would have the Grecian and the Romans. We would have to go through all four of those before we were liberated. So Satan did not want to let go of the Persian, the Persian rule. He wanted to continue the, you know, continue that captivity so we couldn't move on to the next. Imagine Christ say, you have to go through four different captivities. Those captivities will be five years each. Okay, so in 20 years I'll be delivered. Satan said, no, I want to carry each captivity out for hundreds of years. Which therefore pushing back prophecy. So Christ had to come and Michael and fight in the spiritual realm against Satan in order for him to relinquish his power over Persia and allow the next uh, the next rulership to reign. We know that Daniel, the visions of Daniel prophesied the four captivities that the children of Israel would go through, brothers and sisters. Persia at one time didn't want to give up and wave the white flag and allow the next rulership to 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 abide to stand so because of that christ had to come and fight in the spiritual realm brothers and sisters why do we go here because there are dark forces dealing in the invisible to keep satan's kingdom in place at all times brothers and sisters at all times the satan was there controlling the persians and the persians did not want to let go of their reign brothers and sisters so we went there to show you that there christ fought in the flesh, in Matthew, and he fought in the invisible brothers and sisters. The Persian Empire wouldn't let go in order to let the next kingdom in prophecy rise to rise, brothers and sisters. So Christ did what? He battled in the spirit in the Old Testament. He battled in the flesh for the New Testament, brothers, brothers and sisters. So why do we go there? Because we need brothers and sisters to understand that there's an invisible war going on. Christ fought Satan in the flesh and he fought him in the spirit. We're going to show you that there's invisible, there's invisible wars going on, brothers and sisters. We're going to prove that to you. We're going to Hebrews 11 and 1 through 3 to prove to you that there's, there's wars going on in, in the invisible. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Evidence means proof, brothers and sisters. Read that again. Verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. See, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the proof of things not seen. So the things that we see is proof of what you can't see, brothers and sisters. That's what this is saying. Through faith, our fear minimizes. We don't view obstacles as obstacles, brothers and sisters. Now, we we view the path as clear, brothers and sisters. Read, read that one more time, brother. Verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Read that part again, brother. 
so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So things which are seen are not made from things that appear. So the things you see actually come from the invisible brothers and sisters, from, from the Most High. That's what the scripture is saying. When things materialize that you never thought was possible, there was something spiritually that was going on. That time you should have died. That time you should have been sick. That time you was protected because you had angels fighting and you couldn't see them, brothers and sisters. Everything we see materialized is out of the invisible. We're going to show you, brothers and sisters. Just because you can't see it does not mean it's not there. We're going to prove it to you. We're going to Mark 5 and 1. We got about we got a few more scriptures. Hang tight with us, brothers and sisters. We want to get this out there. Mark five verse one, and they came over unto the other side of the sea, into the country of the garden, the Gadarens. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Now this is an example, brothers and sisters. Something real time. Verse three, who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no man could bind him, nor, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with feeders and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the feeders broken to pieces. Neither could any man tame him. So this is what this world would deem a mental illness, brothers and sisters. He had a mental illness where he had a demon running loose in him, and he could not be controlled. He was in the mountains, brothers and sisters. He was by himself, brothers and sisters. Verse 5, and always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. He had a demon, brothers and sisters. You couldn't see the demon, right? But when we see these things going on amongst us, we know that there's something there. There's a, there's a spirit there and their behavior shows that there's a spirit there to prove to you that there's something going on in the invisible that leads you to see what you see in the visible, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse five, <clears throat> verse 5, and always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he when he saw Christ afar off, he came and worshipped him and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Christ, thou son of the most high God? I, ad I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. Brothers and sisters, the dark forces... The invisible dark forces recognize Christ. They recognize the spiritual power that was in Christ. Not the physical power, but when they saw him, they said, listen, torment me not. So they saw Christ's power in the invisible to show you that there's something going on in the invisible that you can't see, brothers and sisters. In the spiritual realm can see it. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 7. And cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Christ, the Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. See, so Christ, he recognizes the dark forces to show you that there's something going on in the invisible, brothers and sisters. Christ is not talking to the man. He's cleaning, he's cleansing him of that demon, that spirit that can't be seen, brothers and sisters. Christ is commanding the dark forces, the spirits you can't see. He's commanding them. To prove to you that the things we see come from the things we can't see, brothers and sisters. This brother is sick. He has a mental illness. He has a demon that's in the spiritual realm that you can't see. But it's, it's, it's obvious by his behavior. 
So we wanted to prove to you that there's a something spiritual going on, a battle that you cannot see, brothers and sisters. Why? Because a lot of times we look at our life and things are not going the way that we think they should go in. You can't see, but there's something going on in the invisible for your behalf. You just can't see it right now. But trust, there's some, there's a war going on in the invisible for you to reap the benefits in the physical, brothers and sisters. You just can't see it right now, but you got to be aware that it's there. Verse 9, <clears throat> and he asked him, what is thy name? And he answered, saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much. See? So look, there was many. They said, we are a legion. So he's speaking to the spirit, brothers and sisters, to show you that there's a battle going on in the spirit. And that materializes certain behaviors, certain acts. So just because you can't see it does not mean it's not there, brothers and sisters. Verse 9. And he asked, what is thy name? And he answered, saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was there nigh unto the mountain a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter therein. Right, so they wanted to be sent into the swine. Listen, see? So this is invisible spirits, demons, having interaction with Christ, brothers and sisters. Something, see, Christ didn't even deal with the sickness of the man. He dealt with the spirit that was there. He told the spirit, unclean spirit, come out of him. He didn't even speak to the man. He spoke to the demon that was in the man, brothers and sisters. There's something invisible. There's a, there's, there's a war going on in the invisible, brothers and sisters. Um, can you read that last scripture again, brother? <clears throat> Verse 12. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forward, Christ gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. So Christ sent the de demonic spirits into swine, brothers and sisters. And the swine trampled down a hill and drowned themselves. Why? Because the demons needed to be released from the body. So they have to kill you in order to be released. So when you have a demon, that demon wants you to hurt yourself, to kill yourself so he can kill you and then go on to their next, per their, you know, their next uh, host, brothers and sisters. Now, this man had legions of demons and these demons get into you a specific way, brothers and sisters. And that's why they would like to preference it as a mental illness. He had many demons, brothers and sisters, but they, the demons come in through one way, brothers and sisters. And they need you alone. That's why he was in the mountain somewhere. <laughs> the demons need you alone, brothers and sisters. They don't need you near anybody that can help you or reach out to you and throw you a, you know, throw you a life raft. They need you alone, brothers and sisters. The invisible spirits that have taken host in this man, you can't see him, but by his actions, you know that he's there. It shows you how real the spirits are through his actions. He's breaking chains. Cutting himself. That shows you that there's a demon there, even though you can't see it. So we need to show you that the invisible creates the visible, brothers and sisters. We're going to John 5 and 5. John 5, verse 5. And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Christ saw him lie, and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, 
Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another step it down before me. So you had a brother who was lame for 38 years. Um, you know, couldn't couldn't move on his own. And Christ was looking to heal him, brothers and sisters. Verse 8. Christ said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Further proof that healings were done on the Sabbath, brothers and sisters. But this is the part we need you to examine. Read verse 14, brother Corey. Verse 14. Afterward, Christ findeth him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. Look at that, brothers and sisters. So he healed the brother and told him, Sin no more, to show you that the sickness came from a sin. That shows you that there's an invisible battle going on, brothers and sisters, because that sin led to a physical ailment. That's the proof, brothers and sisters, that there was something spiritual going on. Through his disobedience that led to something physical. To show you that there's something going on in the invisible, brothers and sisters. And it's made manifest by the things that you see in the physical. We need, brothers and sisters, to know that they're going to engage you, brothers and sisters. Psychologically, physically. There's a war going on. You've, you've, you've won part of the battle, brothers and sisters. The battle to keep you ignorant of who you are. But now there's another battle. There's a higher calling, brothers and sisters. We needed to show you that the brother, the, the Christ told the brother to sin no more, lest something worse happen to him. He was just lame and he couldn't walk. So his sin that isn't visible led to a visible ailment where he couldn't walk to show you that there's a battle in the invisible that we must be prepared for, brothers and sisters. The evidence of the invisible or the, in, or the spiritual was evident when he told the man to sin no more. Sin no more. Go to James 5 and 15, brother. Because we're proving that there's... We're proving that there's a war going on in the invisible. This is the kingdom conversation. These are the things, brothers and sisters, that we must come together on. These are the conversations we have. We have these conversations with our people because we grow smarter. We grow stronger. We grow more unified through having these conversations Brothers and sisters, how do we all better ourselves together, collectively? James 5, verse 15. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. Read that again, brother. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. See? Repent of your sin, and ye shall be healed. You must know it's a sin that led to the sickness, though. Or you're not going to repent, see? That's the invisible, brothers and sisters. That's the invisible that manifests and materializes into the visible. Verse 15. And the prayer of faith shall save, save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another, that ye may be healed. That what? That ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. See, we needed to go there, brothers and sisters, to show you that repentance is the way to be healed. Repentance. You must acknowledge the sin. You must confess with your mouth the sin and repent, brothers and sisters. Repent means turn away. That's what repent means. We needed to show you that there's a battle in the invisible, brothers and sisters. 
that you must be equipped. You must gird up your loins with truth, brothers and sisters. You must put on the helmet, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, because there's a battle going on. There's a fight for rulership going on in the invisible brothers and sisters. And they understand that dominion is at the door for us. Dominion is at the door. So they're going to ramp this thing up on you. And you got to be prepared, brothers and sisters. We're going to Isaiah 58. We got about five more scriptures after that. And we're going to close up. Isaiah chapter 58. We're going to read verse 6 through 9. Isaiah 58 verse 6. Because these are the things we must implement. These are the things that we must use as application. We're going to go through it, brothers and sisters. Is not this the fast that I have chosen? <clears throat> to loose the bands of wickedness. Further proof that fast will loose the bands of wickedness, the strongholds of wickedness, brothers and sisters, of iniquity. To loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that ye break every yoke. See, so it says, it says, is this not the fast that I have chosen? So we choose a personal fast, brothers and sisters. We must choose a, a fast for his perfect purpose, brothers and sisters. A lot of times the only fasting we do is just the food, you know. Okay, I'm going to withstand, I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to do, you know. Fast means abstinence of sin or abstinence of food, brothers and sisters. But that's not the only thing you can fast from. The Bible's going to tell you the first thing you should fast from before you go into that, because that's good too. But before you go into that, the first thing you should fast from is the evil that you've been doing throughout your whole life. Fast from that first. Because brothers and sisters will, you know, contact us and say, well, I really just need prayer. You know, sometimes I'll be at home alone with my computer and I have problems just looking at, uh, um, you know, lustful stuff. And I'm like, brother, just close the computer. Because some <laughs> things, I, we're not going to be able to pray. To, some things you just got to put down. Some things you got to just say, you know what? I'm not going to wait. I'm over it now. Yep. I'm not going to put it off. I'm over it now. Yep. That it, it, it starts with you, brothers and sisters. Some of those things we have to just put the draw the line in the sand and say, I'm done. That's it. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse six. Is not this the fast that I have chosen to loose the bands of wickedness? To undo the heavy burdens and to let the oppressed go free and that ye break every yoke. Verse 7. Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry? Read that again, brother. Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry? See, so when I see a person hungry, I'll feed them. That's a fast right there, brothers and sisters. He's showing you other fasts. It's not just the not eating food, brothers and sisters. There's other things that we can do, brothers and sisters. Read that again, brother Corey. Verse 7. Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, and that thou bring the poor that, that are cast out to thy house? When thou seest the naked, that thou cover him, and that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh? See, 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 brothers and sisters, when you start to apply these principles, the world will take notice. Because there's other fasts out there, brothers and sisters. There's other fasts out there that we must utilize. We must utilize all of these particular tools to fight against this invisible battle that's going on, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 7. Is it not to deal the bread to the hungry, and that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house? When thou seest the naked, that thou cover him, and that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh. 
Then shall thy light break forth as the morning. See, when you start doing that, your light will show forth. And thine health shall spring forth speedily. And thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy reward. See, so when we see people hungry, we're going to feed them. When we see people without clothes, we're going to clothe them. That's part of this fast. Withstanding from the evil and, 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 and promoting, advertising righteousness. Verse 9. Then shall thy call, and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry, and he shall say, Here I am. If thou take away from the midst of thee the yoke, the putting forth of the finger, and speaking vanity. The putting forth of the finger. That's pointing to everybody else telling them what they're doing is wrong. See? And usually when you're doing that, <laughs> the finger should be pointed at yourself. Read that again, brother, please. Verse 9. Then shalt thou call, and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry, and he shall say, Here I am. If thou take away from the midst of thee the yoke, the putting forth of the finger, and speaking vanity. See, the putting forth of the finger, brothers and sisters. And that's why we always use ourselves as, um, as examples when we deal with you know how far we've come. Because it's important. You have to be able to admit what you used to do. You have to be able to admit that, brothers and sisters. Because sometimes as you're in this walk, you'll trick yourself to believe that you're not capable of those things that you were doing. And that's a trick, brothers and sisters. So you must admit to what you were doing. Use that as an example. Admit to it. Because a lot of times we come into the truth and then we think, I'm so far beyond that. I could never fall to that again. And that's a trick from Satan, brothers and sisters. That's a trick from Satan. You must be able to admit, brothers and sisters. You must be able to not point the finger. That's what this talks about when it talks about the putting forth of the finger. That's pointing to everybody else and saying, well, what are you doing? Well, what is this? And what do you got on? Where's your fringes? Is that pork? Is that a Christmas tree? See? See? This is what the Bible's talking about, brothers and sisters. This is part of our maturity. This is what we need in order to survive Jacob's trouble. We need the understanding of how they're going to attack us, why they're going to attack us. And how to shield ourselves. We're going to Luke 21 and 29. Got a few more scriptures we're going to close out. There's something going on in the invisible, brothers and sisters. And they are aware of it. They're aware of something going on physically. We're going to show you how. Luke 21 and 29. And he spoke and he spake to them a parable. Behold the fig tree and all the trees. When they now shoot forth, ye see and know of your own selves that summer is now nigh at hand. So likewise ye, when ye see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Right. See, brothers and sisters, this fig tree is the children of Israel. It says the, when, when they now shoot forth, when they start bringing forth fruit, it lets you know that the season has come. See? So now they see us who have progressed in our knowledge past what they've taught us. And that's alarming. They can see it now. When Israel, when that fig tree starts bringing up fruit, they know right away there's something going on in the spiritual with them. I, something's going on. Everything has changed about them, their behavior. Everything's changed, their talk, their conversation. See, they see that. When they start to see us learning beyond what they taught us, they're alarmed, brothers and sisters. Read that from the top, brother, please. Verse 29. And he spake to them a parable. Behold the fig tree 
and all the trees. When they now shoot forth, ye see and know of your own selves that summer is now nigh at hand. So likewise ye, when ye see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. See, so when they start to see us advancing, spiritually developing, brothers and sisters, without them, they know that the kingdom is close. And because of that reason, they're going to look to engage you. Because they can see. They see the spiritual. They know something spiritual is going on because they see the physical fruit that you're bringing. The truth, that you would go to your brothers, you would go to the Gentiles, you would go to the Israelites and teach the truth. They're starting to see a, 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 a transformation in your behavior, brothers and sisters. And that tells them that there's something going on with these people spiritually that we can't see. Something's going on. We're going to Jeremiah 17 and 8. And then we're going to go to Isaiah 12 and 3. We're almost done, brothers and sisters. Kingdom Conversation. Jeremiah 17 and 8. For he shall be as a tree planted by the water. See, so we already read that when that fig tree starts to sprout, that this being spiritually fed somewhere, and it's so organic, where would they look, brothers and sisters? Where would they go look to find out where... Where this is being taught at. It's so organic that they don't even know where to look, brothers and sisters. And that frightens them. That frightens them. Verse 8. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, and that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when he cometh. But her leaf shall be green, and shall not be careful in the years of drought. Neither shall cease from yielding fruit. See? So that fig tree will be planted by the waters, brothers and sisters, and it shall never cease to yielding the fruit. See, so now they see the fruit that's coming from us, brothers and sisters, and that's alarming. And because of that, they're going to look to engage you because they know now you're coming for the land. The land is the next thing that we get, brothers and sisters. They're going to look to engage you. Go to Isaiah 12 and 3, brother, and then Daniel 7 and 18. Isaiah 12, verse 3. Therefore, with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. See? Water from the wells of salvation. They know it, brothers and sisters. They see it in your behavior, your obedience, your talk, your dress. All of that. They see the water. They know that that the kingdom is at the door, brothers and sisters. And they're going to look to throw everything at you that they can. They're going to throw the kitchen sink at you to get you off your mark, brothers and sisters. They're going to throw it all at you because they know it's it's at the door. Go to Daniel 7 and 18, brother. Because this is what we're teaching. And this would make you an enemy. Daniel 7 and 18. But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever. Even forever and ever. Read that again, brother. But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever. Even forever and ever. See, and that's why they're going to look to engage you. Because this is the gospel that we're going to teach. The gospel is that we will possess the kingdom forever and ever. And that makes you an enemy, brothers and sisters. That makes you the enemy. Public enemy number one. We're going to... John seven thirty seven. 
brothers and sisters, go back on this lesson when you get time and listen to it in your own time. Pray on it and think about it because this is what's going to lead us into the kingdom. This mindset, this kingdom conversation, brothers and sisters. John 7 and 37. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Christ stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. See, so we just read that the children of Israel, the saints, will possess the kingdom forever and ever. Now, if we believe in Christ, as the scripture has said, out of our belly shall flow rivers of living water. So we would go tell everybody. We would go tell everybody. You ever try to hold water, brothers and sisters? You can't, can you? It just go everywhere. See, they can't control you now. You just telling everybody. It's, it's now. It's it's a problem because you feel compelled to go tell these people that they're the children of Israel. That's the problem, brothers and sisters. Now you're an enemy. We're going to Isaiah fifty nine and fifteen, and then Matthew ten and sixteen. Write these precepts down, brothers and sisters, so you can go back on it at your own at your own leisure. Isaiah 59 and 15. Yet truth faileth, and he that parteth from evil maketh himself a prey. Read that again, brother. Yet truth faileth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. He that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey, brothers and sisters. See? So now that you've awakened, now that you know what belongs to you, you're now the enemy, brothers and sisters. They are going to engage us. They're going to vilify us. They're going to demonize us. And then they're going to engage us physically, brothers and sisters. The same way they did with, uh, you know, with the Twin Towers. First, they demonized the people through Islam and Talheads. Then they went over there into their land. This is what they do. In order to get the, the, the uh, what you would call the, um, the sentiment of the people to be on their side, brothers and sisters. They must demonize the people that they're going to go against first. They're going to call us domestic terrorists, brothers and sisters. The law is already on the books. They're going to say you can't tell people they can't be homosexuals. You can't tell people not to eat pork. If you do, you're a domestic terrorist and we got to throw you in jail. That's what they're going to do, brothers and sisters. So we must walk with wisdom. We must walk with wisdom. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 15. Yet truth faileth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. And the Lord saw it, and it displeased him, that there was no judgment. All right. So we we wanted to show you that when you depart from evil, you make yourself a prey. And now that you're equipped with the information, the understanding of what's rightfully yours, you have become prey. We have four scriptures, and then we're done, brothers and sisters. We're going to Matthew 10 and 16. We know this was a, this was a longer lesson. But... We needed to put this out there for the brothers and sisters to help motivate, to help stimulate them and carry them into the kingdom. Matthew 10 and 16. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Why did we go here? Because he who departed from evil maketh himself a prey. So even though you're prey, this is the way you must act. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 16. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. See, he send us forth as sheep amongst the wolves, the society of wolves, brothers and sisters. We must be wise as serpents, crafty, right? We must be crafty. We must be uh, unified. We must have structure, but we must be harmless as a dove. 
See? So we don't go into, the white man is the devil. Yeah, we're going to bang on Esau. <laughs> no. No, brother. What scripture? Where did Christ do that, brother? Where, where did he do that? See? So in order for this truth to get the true gospel, brothers and sisters, we must be harmless as a dove, but still crafty. We must be crafty, but we must know when to speak, how to speak. We must know these things, brothers and sisters. Because why? They're going to come after us. Even though they're trying to engage us, we must keep this principle. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 16. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpent and harmless, harmless as doves. Right. Continue, brother. Verse 17. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the councils. And they will scourge you in, the, in their synagogues. See? So they will give us up, brothers and sisters. The government will make it financially beneficial to those who are going to give us up. To give believers up, brothers and sisters. So why? We must be crafty. We must be harmless as a dove, brothers and sisters. Does that mean be a punk? Because some people think, oh, because you're in the Bible, that means that you're soft or you must be a punk. We're going to show you what the Bible has to say about that. Ezekiel 3 and 8 and then, Luke, and then Luke 12 and 11. Ezekiel 3 and 8. Does that mean being harmless as a dove? Does that mean being a, being a punk? Ezekiel 3 verse 8. Behold, I have made thy face strong against against their faces, and they and thy forehead strong against their forehead. It says, make your face strong as their face, brothers and sisters. That means don't let them intimidate you. While you're out there on the streets preaching the gospel and, you know, out throughout the world, you make your face, you make your voice tougher than theirs. Because you'll have some people that will try to come against you and think that it's sweet because you're teaching the Bible. And I don't think... People out there want to engage us in the manner that they think we are, brothers and sisters. The Bible tells you to be stern, be humble, be gentle, but be stern and austere. Read that again, brother, please. Verse 8. Behold, I have made thy face strong against their faces, and thy forehead strong against their forehead. Right. So don't, let, uh, don't allow these people to intimidate you, brothers and sisters. You must be humble, be gentle, but be stern and austere. We have uh, two more scriptures and we're closing out. Luke 12 and 11. And then we'll close it at Matthew 5 and 44. So the Bible doesn't call for you to be a punk, brothers and sisters. It calls for you to be smart, to be wise. Luke 12 and 11. And when they bring you into the synagogues and into the magistrates and powers, take ye no thought how or what thing ye shall answer. Or what you shall say. See, so when they pull you into these courts, brothers and sisters, and demonize you and charge you with these false charges. Because why? Remember, remember the Pharisees. Remember, they came to Christ and asked Christ, should we pay taxes? Should we pay taxes? Christ perceived what they were trying to do. So what did he do? He found the inscription of Caesar in a fish's mouth and said, give them this money. Why did he do that? Because he knew they were going to use the law to take them down. He knew that. That's the first thing they're going to try to do is use the law. They wanted to say, oh, well, Christ said don't pay taxes. For that reason, we must crucify him. Mm -hmm. See, so that he knew that they were going to try to use the law to come against him. But it wasn't his time. So we must understand that they're going to use the law, brothers and sisters. They will use the law. And when they do use the law to oppress you, read it again, brother, please. 
verse 11. And when they bring you into the synagogues and into magistrates and powers, take ye no thought how or what thing ye shall answer or what ye shall say. For the Holy Ghost shall teach you in the same hour what you ought to say. See, so don't prepare what you're going to say. You get there. You wait until you're in the room with the most powerful person. And then you let the Holy Spirit flow out of you, brothers and sisters. That's what you do. If something happened, you're taken into, you know, and your life may be in jeopardy on the line. You wait till you're in the room with the most important person, brothers and sisters. And then you let the Holy Spirit speak for you. And if it's not your time, they'll let you go. They'll let you go, brothers and sisters. But you cannot prepare for this. Your saving grace will be what you say that day, brothers and sisters. It's not something you're going to be able to prepare and write down. When I get in front of them, I'm going to say this. Nah, you must just be open and let the Most High to flow and speak through you, brothers and sisters. If that day comes, and it may come because they're going to look to engage us, don't prepare what you're going to say. Let the Most High speak through you. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 11. And when they bring you unto the synagogues and unto magistrates and powers, take ye no thought how or what thing ye shall answer, or what ye shall say. For the Holy Ghost shall teach you in the same hour what ye ought to say. See? So you don't have to prepare, brothers and sisters. And our final scripture, last but not least, is Matthew 5 and 44. Because even though we're a prey, there's a particular, there's a particular compassion that we must have for all people. In order to be reflections of Christ. Even though we may be enemies to them. And we're going to end it here. Matthew 5 verse 44. But I say unto you. Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Now some people say how can you love your enemies? The Bible says... The love of the Most High is keeping His commandments. So what that means is even your enemies, you must treat them with the same love that you would treat somebody who's a believer. Which means the Bible says don't kill, don't steal. So you can't steal and kill from your enemy, brothers and sisters. That's what that means. You can't steal and kill from your enemy. You can't sleep with your enemy's wife, with your enemy's husband. That's what love your enemy means, brothers and sisters. It doesn't mean put them in a position to kill you. What it means is you respect them with this law that you would respect every man with. That's what it means. Because why? Some people say, well, how, how can I, you know, how can I love a, 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 somebody who molests children? How, how, how can I allow these people around my, you know? Listen, <laughs> we understand. Just because you're God's, listen, God, we understand all people are God's creation, but a wolf is God's creation. I'm not going to let a wolf loose in my house. So, you know, just because I love you, <laughs> as the Bible tells me to love you, don't mean I'm going to let you loose in my house. Right. That means I won't steal from you. I won't kill you. I won't covet what's yours. That's what it means when it says love your neighbor, brothers and sisters. Love is the key. It's the, it's the key foundation Brothers and sisters, in order to make it out of Jacob's trouble. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 44. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which spitefully or despitefully use you and persecute you. Right. So, brothers and sisters, this particular principle is critical. Because they're going to look to engage us. So, we must 
perfect these particular quality traits, brothers and sisters. Today's lesson was kingdom conversation. We want to say Kwam Yasharala. Kwam Yasharala. Sin no more. Sin no more. If the foolish will lead and the knowledge and the wise is gone, it's gonna be a messed up situation.
Oh! 